Welcome to another episode of the Access Vikings podcast. My name is Andrew Kramer, joined by Ben Gessling and Michael Rand of the Star Tribune, where we are going to react to the latest turn of the Vikings roster carousel. Adam Thielen pops off after 10 seasons. The Vikings have released him on what was an expected move for a team that needs salary cap space and for a player who we've talked about had issues outside of what he was getting paid in Minnesota. So we should talk about that and just his 10 seasons here. Obviously this is uh, Ben. He was the longest tenured player outside of Harrison Smith, right? Yes, he was. Um, he was obviously in the practice squad for that first year in Minnesota, but yeah, one of two players on the team that dates back to the Leslie Frazier era. So yeah, certainly one of their longer tenured players and really a, a pretty remarkable run if you think about how it all started when when he was a rookie camp tryout not even an undrafted free agent basically a let's bring this guy in to fill out the camp roster and you know you you can go back through all the stories and i'm sure we will but even the vikings weren't really sure at the time if the guy could play in the nfl because the coaches at mankato hadn't given them this ringing endorsement that oh yeah this guy's nfl ready i don't think they felt like he was as fast as he showed out to be either. And he goes from rookie camp tryout to practice squad guy to special teams standout to second team all pro receiver. So yeah, it, it's, he will, I think it's fairly safe to say he'll be a ring of honor inductee at some point. And uh, yeah, the, the story will be told for a long time because, you know, we, I tweeted about this this morning and we, we sort of get, numb to it because we watched it in daily episodes every day rather than just seeing the whole thing start to finish in one flush but um yeah it it's one of the more unique careers in vikings history and he leaves with the third most catches and the third most touchdowns in franchise history behind only randy moss and chris carter so uh you put yourself in a conversation with those guys and then probably with justin jefferson at some point but it's um it's quite a run it's over, but yeah, quite a run for Adam Thielen in all of his time in Minnesota. Yeah, Mike, what was your reaction to the news? I mean, not unexpected, right? We've forecasted this for weeks. You just kind of look at all of the elements in play with the cap number, and you look at the production last year, you know, relative to, you know, not just the raw numbers, but some of what we saw in the advanced numbers and just, you know, some of some of just the decline in production and you in in the you know whatever tension existed maybe tension's the wrong word but whatever the vikings thought of him versus maybe what he thought of his role at the end um you know i, I think that certainly you, you could re, you could see the the writing on the wall with this one and so while not a surprise it, it is still you know whenever something like this happens it's it's kind of jarring jarring still because this guy's been here for 10 years he's got that backstory we all know that <laughs> We all know that story. Yeah, right, but, Mike? Um, yeah, I was getting choked up here. No, I'm not getting <laughs> choked up. I just had a cough. Um, you know, it's it's just, you know, it it's kind of too bad when things like this happen. It's also just kind of a sign of the business. And I mean, I, I you know, in, in the cold calculation of it all, I think the Vikings did the right thing. I think they kind of boxed themselves into the situation a little bit. And we can talk about the contract they did for him last year that maybe kind of set up this decision that they had to make because Adam Thielen at a lower cap number maybe is a, a different conversation to be had right now than 
Adam Thielen at a $19 million cap number, and you're still staring at all that potential dead money. But, you know, we can get into some of the advanced stats here in a minute. But I, the one thing that really surprised me about it just isn't the news itself, but the fact that they, as Ben reported, designated this as a as a pre-June 1st cut. They're just going to take 13, 13 million in dead money. And that, to me, is as interesting as anything else about this. Yeah, Ben, they're going to take quite a quite a hit to move on, and they will clear about six and a half million in space. But it's not like they're clearing all nineteen million of his salary cap number. And they talked over over the days about a restructured contract, but um, obviously, as we talked about, Adam had had issues larger than uh, that salary. He wanted a larger role, more than the certainly more than the three catches per game he was getting at the end of the season after they traded for T.J. Hawkinson. Um, but Ben financially, where, where does this leave the Vikings in terms of where they need to go and, and where they're at? Well, they still have more work to do. They clear about 6.4 million with this move and they take on 13 and a half million of dead money, but there does seem to be, I think a realization of let's stop kicking cans down the road and let's give ourselves an opportunity to have some money to spend in the future rather than just kind of beginning every year with this need to do some cap gymnastics to get under the cap and the cap's going to keep going up. But I think the feeling was number one, we need the space now because we have to clear room before next Wednesday. And number two, let's just rip the bandaid and, and be done with it. You can also make the argument that with the cap going up, you could have said, let's, let's do the post June first cut, but then you have to make more moves before next week to get under the cap because they had, I think it was 15 something million dollars to clear before today. And with Thielen and Ross Blacklock gives them like another 600 and something thousand by restructuring his deal. They still have nine or so million to get under the cap by next week. So this was a move they made in part because they have a fire to put out right now. But I think it's also let's get ourselves off of this hamster wheel of constantly needing to have Rob Brzezinski come in and, and bail them out and try to try to figure out different uh, cap solutions to do that. So uh, more moves coming that I, I think you'll have to see a couple of restructures. I would expect Harrison Smith. Uh, I, I know they have approached Jordan Hicks about it. We'll see if that leads to a restructure or if they end up possibly releasing him. I think those would be probably your, your likely scenarios there. The Zedarius Smith saga uh if we can call it that it's weird it's, uh yeah it is very strange um but that is worth watching that has some serious cap ramifications as well and you know the the, the question of dalvin cook the question of dalvin tomlinson uh, the question of the dalvins is is going to be part of this equation as well with the darius um i mean ben you've you've reported that he expects you was expecting to to be released and it seems like he wants out. He's tweeting and putting on social media, his goodbyes. Yeah. While at the same time, the Vikings are saying not, not so fast. Yeah. It's weird. It's weird, right? It's weird. Yeah, it is weird. They have, they have signaled. We're not cutting you. Um, Now that may be posturing for the moment because they're trying to trade him. I think that could be part of the deal, but yeah, that that whole thing is strange and has felt strange for a while. Um, and really dating back to the end of the season when he misses that last game 
you know, they, they said it was a personal matter and I, I, I've heard it was a, a family thing or something like that, but didn't really get a ton of clarity on what happened there. And it's, it, it just felt strange. You know, some of the social media stuff, some of the, the fact that he puts his house on the market pretty close quickly after the season, as I understand it, thinking he's not going to be here. So it seems like he has been trying to angle for an exit for a while and we'll see if the team grants that. And now if they did release him, they don't get compensatory picks for that. So I wonder if this is partially a, if you're going to leave, we at least want to get something for our trouble out of the thing. So that may be some of the posturing that's going on here too. But yeah, that situation is, is very strange and very, um, very much still worth watching in the next three, four days here. Now, I'm not entirely clear how they internally are are viewing him or evaluating him at his current age coming off the knee issue last year. He wasn't entirely healthy, obviously. Back injury Um, before in Green Bay, too, I believe it cost him most of the regular season. But it's not that's not a bad contract. Like if you're the Vikings, you're probably thinking out of the assets that we can move. Zadarius Smith might be one of the best ones um, to, to get something for as you're talking about. And so for him to turn around and tweet his goodbyes before being told that he's being released does not do the Vikings any favors. If that's the case, if they're trying to trade him, um, that, yeah. that, I, I don't think that would help. No, no. I, I'm sure they're sitting there saying, dude, help us help you. If you want to be out of here, let us at least kind of keep the show up that you're going to be here. Because I, I think there has been a little bit of that because, you know, there, there's sort of been this, pushback on the idea that him selling his house was a sign he wanted to be out you know you kind of hear well no he just wants to upgrade in the market and then you check around and it's like no he he plans to not be here and then when he's tweeting goodbyes and then um minutes later nfl network reports that he has asked for his release you can feel like there's a an effort to get out of here um We'll see how that goes. Uh, it, I I can't imagine when a player is that publicly sending signals he wants to be elsewhere that you will just say, no, forget it. You're going to be here whether you like it or not. I mean, you could do that, but it seems like a weird fit for the type of culture and environment the Vikings have talked so much and, and have spent so much time carefully trying to create. So, yeah, I, I, I would imagine the... Zedarius Smith episode has not reached its conclusion yet. Yeah, Mike, Mike, the Kevin O'Connell's not in the business seemingly of keeping players who don't want to be there. It, it, at least that doesn't seem their uh, their outward message. No, and it would seem to me that, you know, his end game is probably if you're Zedarius Smith and you see the writing on the wall that you're probably not going to be here, would you rather get traded where you have very little control over where you're yeah. going, or would you rather be released and have your pick of 31 other teams or, you know, maybe 29 other teams, not Baltimore, not green Bay, but yeah. have a pick of 29 other teams that you might then go to. Now the flip side of that is if you get traded, your current contract probably stands as is. And I don't think he's going to be able to get that kind of deal. Maybe next in his next contract based on the injury he's coming off of. So there's that to consider, but he, his end game is probably, Release me so I can go where I want. Uh, don't trade me to someplace I don't want to be. That's a good point, uh, especially if he has an inkling of where he might end up on the open market. That's no guarantee of where he would go. Um, 
uh, in a trade um, necessarily if the Vikings are looking to get something. Uh, that could be the case for somebody like Dalvin Cook as well. Uh, as Ben brings up the two Dalvins, Dalvin Tomlinson is somebody they've been trying to get a deal done with, and they've got until what now? Next Wednesday? Wednesday. Until... Yeah, 3 p.m. 3 p.m. Wednesday. Okay, so th- there's going to be a lot going on here, and at the risk of uh, trying to not say too much that gets outdated as soon as this gets posted. Um, let's just get to a couple other topics here. I thought found it interesting that Stefan Diggs was in the news, both Vikings receivers from that 2017 team. Uh, ben, as you mentioned before we started recording, uh, Stefan Diggs said he's on the shop uninterrupted on the whole LeBron James network. And he said uh, something to the effect of the last two years of his time with the Vikings were among his most darkest times, like real dark times. People don't really understand that. Um, and then he talked about how he kind of went back to that place last year with the bills and how he was struggling. Um, Stefan Diggs, as we know, his time in Minnesota was up and down emotionally and, and production wise too. Um, he was a pretty volatile guy in general. Um, and we see here that he's kind of being open and honest about his mental health. But then at one point he mentions in the conversation, uh, I'm trying to find it here that he essentially was saying that quote, Uh, Minnesota sent me to Buffalo not to have the career I've been having. Uh, When people think of Buffalo, for example, he brings up Antonio Brown. Remember when he almost got traded? He said, that was fake news. I'm not going there. He said, so for me, I felt like they sent me here for things to not go well, in my opinion. Um, And so Stefan Diggs mentioning, obviously, not a great exit in Minnesota. um, But I feel like he's not wrong. I feel like when he at the time when he was sent to Buffalo, Josh Allen was not what he is. No. Um, I feel like that was a deal where the Vikings, I don't know if they had any better deals on the table. And if they did, I'm sure they wouldn't have passed them up, or at least I would assume. Uh, I don't think it was sent to Buffalo out of spite. I'm sure they had the best offer. But at the time, none of us certainly were thinking, yeah, Stefan's going to go and, and still be that number one guy. Well, what we were told at the time was there was no problem with digs in Minnesota. It was just that the girls <laughs> came in with a, a last second offer. No disrespect to your right. profession. Um, yeah, it, it is interesting how this has gone. I, I don't think they were trading him to Buffalo to say like, let's send you to the salt mines and in, in Siberia or something. Um, but I, I can see where it would feel like that. You know I mean, especially given the fact that the last time they had seen the bills, it was the big upset in 2018 with Josh Allen yeah. kind of had his, is coming out party, but Josh Allen was not what we've seen him become. I, I don't think anybody would have expected. And we wrote about this last November when they played the Bills in, in the sense of this trade worked out great for everybody. Um, it, it worked out great for the Bills and, and for the Vikings, who obviously used the pick to take Justin Jefferson. Um, where it goes for Stefan Diggs from here, I think, is is interesting. If he's relating his current situation with the bills or at least his recent situation with the bills to what he experienced in 2018, 2019 in Minnesota. Uh, we know fairly well that those were not good years for him here. I mean, you know, we reported it pretty thoroughly in 2019 about how he was trying to get out of here and didn't like the direction of the offense. Didn't like how it was going to utilize him was you know, telling teammates. He's, he's not going to sh- come back. He's, he's trying to get traded. He's trying to get, his way out of Minnesota and then ultimately is able to do that around this time, almost three years to the day uh, in 2020. So 
Yeah, interesting to see where that goes if he's kind of equating one to the other. And you'd think he'd be happier with the offense, his role in it, uh, his quarterback, all of that kind of stuff. But, you know, I, it's hard to know the particulars of the situation without being closer to it and without you know, kind of seeing him. But from the outside, it would certainly seem like he's had a lot of things to like, which, you know, kind of gives you pause when he says it's not always been the case. He does mention um, the death of his father and going through some things like that. But then he mentions Buffalo's struggles of getting over the hump with Josh Allen these last few years and talking about small little pieces not going right. You rack your brain. We have the players. We have the plays. Why isn't it coming together? Um, So in in reference to why he felt like he was entering that dark place again last year. Um, But you saw it with him. You saw it in the body language. 2021. The 13-second Mahomes comeback in 21. I mean. Yeah, I mean, we know he's a, a pretty intense competitor. So, I mean, he, he tends to take losses, especially close losses, pretty hard. He does. He does. He does mention, too, wanting to get out of Minnesota at the time to show he can be the guy uh, and feeling like he was sharing the spotlight too much with who uh, who else but Adam Thielen. Uh, yeah. Did he mention Thielen by name in this? I haven't watched <laughs> it to the degree that you obviously have, but did he mention Thielen's name in this? No, I'm I'm only reading the comments that the Buffalo News typed up, so I have not even uh, watched the podcast or the uh, video or whatever it ended up being. Um, but yeah, I, I encourage people to go uh, watch it and read up on it. I'm going to have to as well. But just seeing what he did or talked about in terms of Minnesota and the intentions of it stood out. Well, um, but with Adam Thielen, before we go, we we should probably talk more about his ten years in Minnesota. Um, I guess what do you guys think? fans should remember his time in Minnesota by, and he's going to come back. He's going to do the ring of honor thing. Um, this guy's played home games from high school to college to the pros nowhere else, but Minnesota. Uh, it's going to be weird seeing him in another Jersey. We talked to in the last podcast about certain places he could maybe end up. Uh, my guess is he'll end up ring chasing, but as, as fans see him in another uniform next year, uh, how are you guys, Mike, how are you going to remember his 10 years in Minnesota? I mean, it's interesting that we bring up Diggs on this day just because that was such a prolific duo, basically from 2016 to 2019. I mean, 16 was kind of the beginning of it. Diggs was just a second-year guy. Thielen was still kind of establishing himself. But 17, 18, 19, like, those guys were catching tons of balls. You know, Thielen, second-team All-Pro somewhere in there. And, you know, we kind of forget to 2019, like Diggs kind of carried that team after Thielen got hurt for a while in there, even though that was the weird year where everything was going on. Like he was very productive that year. But, you know, I think the way getting back to Thielen, I think the the way you remember him is always kind of part of a great tandem of receivers. Like it went seamlessly into Justin Jefferson after Diggs was here, of course, Um, a guy who at his best was such a good route runner was dangerous i think i think his best routes seemed to be kind of those kind of deeper sideline routes where he gets singled up on somebody and it was like you throw that up there i don't know if it was case keenum that always got him those yeah. or his early cousins but uh, whatever it was it was those were like those were money and those were just like a hard thing to defend his hands were so good and it was just kind of hard to watch over these last couple of years because i feel like whether it was injuries age like there was a pretty significant decline especially in 2022 like i don't i don't know exactly what he's after in his next kind of his next job what he want he wants his role to be but 
he he had the second most routes run of any receiver last year. Justin Jefferson was number one. He had the second most in the NFL. Like he was on the field a lot. He had a lot of opportunities where if he was maybe a little bit more open or able to get open. And maybe some of this is how the play is designed. Is he really a primary target? Things like that. But um, I'm curious to, I'll be curious to see how his view of himself aligns with kind of the reality of being a 33 year old receiver next year. I'll be interested to see if he joins forces with Aaron Rodgers, especially if that happens in New York. And I think ultimately what you remember is a guy whose story was unbelievable and whose career was really good. Like, a you know, had a thousand yards a couple of times was just, you know, one of those guys where you had no idea what this career was going to be. And it was like a million times better than you could have imagined. We saw something similar with, with Kyle Rudolph on the way out. Now, Adam was more productive as a receiver than, than Kyle was um, at his peak. But in terms of on the way out, Kyle talked about wanting to be somewhere where he could be utilized more in the passing game. And it just didn't work out for him. Um, the nature of that position and who Kyle was at his best was always just a touchdown guy anyway. But um, Ben, you've talked about this and, and I've heard as well that it, it wasn't the raw target numbers so much with Adam that it was the value of those targets of where he was in the pecking order consistently and how his season ended um, kind of validated how he felt the year was going to go going into it, where it seemed like he felt, um, well, from what, what I've heard, he felt like even from the summer that um, he wasn't going to be a massive part of this offense. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that certainly was clear to him and his, his wife posted something to that effect on, on Instagram today, basically saying, if you don't give someone a chance and opportunities, how do you prove your worth? Someone comes in with an opinion about you and you can't even prove them wrong onto better things all love. So oh, wow. uh, I would assume the someone in this case is the new head coach. Um, seems that way. Yeah, I, I think it, it certainly seemed like, and we've, Andrew, you and I have both heard this, that he believed this was not going to be an offense that provided him a ton of opportunities as the number one guy anymore. Um, certainly has had those over the years, or at least has been more of a 1A, less of a number two, probably than he was this year. But, you know, when you have the offensive player of the year, I think it was fairly obvious early on that they were going to feature him. And, and certainly Kevin O'Connell has made no secret of that. So that's part of it. I, I think overall, um, this is probably all part of the picture with him, right? I mean, that if he is saying now, I believe I am capable of more than what you assume I am able to do. That is the same mentality he had 10 years ago. I mean, you would not have gone to pay your own way to a regional combine and run a 40 there to show that you can run a sub four or five if you didn't believe you were fast enough to play in the NFL or didn't believe that you could do it. You wouldn't have done the practice squad thing or languished on special teams for a couple of years if you didn't believe that you were good enough to be a productive NFL receiver, which obviously he was, and, and productive is probably understating it. So I think we have seen him do this and we've seen him talk about kind of his own, um, the way he has worked on kind of mental resiliency and and the power of, of self-talk. I think in a lot of ways, he's talked a lot about that, especially with uh, Cinder Kampoff, who's been the um, sports psychology professional down in Mankato that he's worked pretty closely with throughout his career. It's not, you know, a, a shock to see him talking this way. It, it's probably not 
reality anymore. Um, I, you know, the NFL is cruel. And when you're 33 or about to be 33, it's a different story than when you're 23. But it also is the type of mentality that I think has gotten him to this point. So we probably shouldn't be surprised to see kind of traces of that still driving his thinking at this point in his career. Yeah, that's a great point. This is a guy who still very much remembers the Mankato coach who didn't think he was an NFL prospect or worthy. Yeah. Wasn't it some scout that came down and said, Hey, you got any kids down there worth looking at? And the coach was yes. like, nah. Yeah. Well, because the Vikings gave their scouts a hard time. And I think we can talk about this publicly now because they're not with the organization. Reed Burkhart was in, in charge of the region at the time. And there was a story that Thielen, you know, signed a picture for him busting his chops. But Hey, thanks for believing in me. He's like, when people give him a hard time, like, look, this isn't my fault. Like I, I asked the coaches and I think I've talked to Aaron Keene, who was the offensive yeah. coordinator, the interim coach when Adam was a senior, because that was the year with Todd Hoffner's suspension. Um, I remember talking to Aaron Keene about this and, and they had asked him, do you think you have any players that can play in the NFL? And he said, I, yeah, I would absolutely tell you if I did, but I don't think so. Um, and Adam's on that roster. Adam was on that roster. Adam was our leading receiver. He's like an 1,100-yard guy. He was a punt returner, captain of the team. So he thinks I, – I think – I remember looking at a story from a few years ago when I talked to Keen about it. He said, I didn't think he was as fast as he turned out to be. So, um, you know, the, some of those things were were baked into it from the beginning. I mean, I would think if he put up the numbers he had and you had a coach saying, this guy can play, you would have at least seen him get – a UDFA deal rather than having to come in on a rookie camp tryout. But I think the other thing that will stick out to me is you think about the number of receivers of high profile receivers. He unseated in really, especially those first five years or so in Minnesota, they signed Greg Jennings that same spring that they signed Thielen to like a $45 million contract. Uh, they drafted Cordero Patterson in the first round that year. They drafted Laquan Treadwell in the first round the year that Thielen became a starter. Mike Wallace, 2015. Mike Wallace, thank you. That's <laughs> another one. Um, Diggs was 15 as well. Diggs was a fifth-round pick. But, right. you know, all of these guys they spent first-round picks or big contracts or trades on, and you end up with a fifth-round pick, you know, who was the number one recruit in the country, but ended up being a fifth-round pick, and an undrafted guy that you signed in a rookie tryout deal as – to Pro Bowl receivers. So some of that is, is <clears throat> I don't know, dumb luck's not the right word in all of those cases. You know, maybe on the Vikings part a little bit, but some of it is Thielen being able to kind of lift himself up and, and you unseat those guys. There's a point at which, I don't think it ended this way, but 16, 17, you could argue he was more the number one than Diggs was. Oh yeah, for sure. And, <clears throat> and he ends up outlasting Diggs, of course, in Minnesota and, becomes a a very serviceable number two to Justin Jefferson for the first part of his career. So all of these guys they've spent big resources on. Thielen has shown I, I can I can hang with them and, and in some cases make two first round picks expendable when those first round picks didn't turn out to be the types of players the Vikings hoped they would be. And we can have a bigger conversation about Cordero and how they used him, but Treadwell certainly did not work out. Um Thielen in a lot of cases, unseated guys that had kind of the the route paid for them. And I, I asked Jefferson about this when Thielen, when Thielen got to 50 touchdowns last year. And Jefferson said, look, when you're a first-round pick, it's a different story. People have put their name to you. They want to be right about you. You get more opportunities. The fact that he made it this far without those, when nobody cares, 
if they're wrong about you because there's no <clears throat> reputational capital spent on you whatsoever. If you don't make it, it's no skin off anybody's nose. If her first round pick doesn't make it, they get asked about those things and they have to answer for those questions. But nobody cares if an undrafted free agent doesn't make it or a rookie camp tryout guy. So he had to earn it all. And I, I think that's the part that is when you look, when you just kind of take the 30,000 foot view of it, that's, that's unique in the sense that um, it, he had to kind of grab everything he got and certainly grabs it off a lot more than, than most guys that come from his station into the NFL had done. Well, embodiment and, of a, gr- a grinder and a gym rat. Yeah. And it's got to, and to Ben's point, it's got to hurt his pride yeah, that it's got to hurt his pride that the team with, with whom that, that took that initial chance that's given him the chance to prove all these doubters wrong now is one of those doubters. That's got to hurt. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's probably true. I mean, you know, these things never seem like they never end well. I mean, you never have the, and very rarely you have the send off where you go out on your terms and the team is, is saying, we still want you. I mean, heck it's going to happen. Aaron Rodgers here. It seems like in, in a matter of days or however this ends, it, it's very rare that people get the John Elway, you know, right off into the sunset when you're still at the top of your game and you're winning back to back Super Bowls. So um the league is cruel in that regard. And, you know, everybody will I think mend fences in the end. There's there's certainly a lot of and he knows this. There's there's a lot of business to be done post career with your name attached to the Vikings. And I, I think that will probably be in his future. It's just certainly uh business to be done for him in minnesota regardless of how it looks with the vikings so i think we'll see that happen but yeah it it, these things are always a little clunky when when people are leaving we will talk to you guys speaking of clunky while leaving we will talk to you guys next time as the news comes i'm not sure exactly when we're going to do this podcast but please check out startribune.com for all of our work and tell a friend about this podcast why don't you